Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Cut to the Race podcast. What a race it was. We are here to review the Sao Paulo Grand Prix, formerly the Brazilian Grand Prix, uh, with me today. It's his last show. Dan, I'm going to miss you, man. Uh, it's Dan the Bottas fan. It is indeed my last my last show. And what a race to review for my final show. I've spent the time since the race doing. I've spent the time since the race doing a lot of maths. I've got a lot of stats to bring to the podcast. Very excited for the finale episode of me. <laughs> finale episode of me, and um, for those of I you that, that. <laughs> for those of you that listened to our uh, pre-race podcast bonus episode last night, you will already know Abby. Abby is back. How are you this after this this evening, Abby? I'm good, thank you. Very pleased with the race result, if I say so. It was very good for me. It was. Now, usually we do this whole, uh, oh, we won't give out spoilers things, but if you're an F1 fan and you're listening to this podcast, you watched the race. Lewis Hamilton absolutely smashed it today. And what a race it was. Now, usually we leave this part to the end, but I'm going to start with it today. Let's do our race ratings because the last the last time we did a podcast together uh, reviewing a race was the Mexican Grand Prix, now known as the Mexico City Grand Prix, um, and I remember my race rating was a one point five out of ten. Mine was a two, so it wasn't <laughs> a lot better. Um, but I'm pleased to say to our listeners today that. I think those race ratings have gone up. So, uh, Abby, as you're the new one on the show, out of 10, what would you have given this race you watched today? 10. 10? Oh, yeah. straight in there. This is like Strictly Come Dancing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's better than that. <laughs> uh, Dan, what would you have given it? I would have given it a 9. I'm sorry, but I'd, I'm giving it a 9. 
just because there was, apart from Lewis and Max, relatively little happened. So looking at the race as a whole, I would give it a nine. However, I loved every single second of it, except <laughs> the first 100 metres. That's because of the, the Dan the Bottas fan part, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. I thought it was absolutely wicked. And to think that, Dan, they were, they were going to get rid of this track, weren't they, for next year? Was it next year? Um, yeah, there were talks of it, weren't there? With the, I can't remember exactly what it was. Something to do with trees. Um, <laughs> the Amazon, I'm yeah. I'm glad they didn't. Yeah. yeah. i glad they didn't, because it's an amazing, amazing track. Yeah, so the, the, this was... The, this event didn't... Well, nearly didn't happen, but thank God it did. This was, as we've said, the Brazilian Grand Prix, a.k.a. the São Paulo Grand Prix. Uh, we are recording this at just gone 8 p.m. after the race so everything's fresh in our mind the 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 emotion is raw um if you haven't listened to the previous episode where we covered the sprint race and the qualifying and all of that bloody dardy then go back to that one um but god where, where do we start that dan abby where, where do we start with this race review i'm uh, i'm still an emotional mess going into turn one Lap one, Lando Norris gets a puncture, ends up getting lapped and has to go into the pit straight away. Yeah, okay, okay. We'll we'll start with Lando. So um, looking at this as we did, we all love Lando. He's British. He's a good driver. He's got talent. Drives for McLaren. But it was his fault, in my opinion. Uh, Dan, what did did you make of uh, Lando's um, great start, but... Yeah, it, well, it was his fault, wasn't it? He was being quite ambitious on the outside. His very good friend, Carlos Sainz. Um, just very quickly, before the race even started, we found out Kimi would be starting in the pit lane because he changed his rear wing. He only went from P18 to the pit lane. It's no biggie there. But Don't start yeah. talking about rear wings again, Dad. <laughs> rear wings. <laughs> I've mastered how to say it now. Don't worry, I'm not going to be talking about anything else. It's rear wings and rear wings only. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was Lando's fault. He... Science couldn't really go anywhere because he was in a sandwich between a McLaren and a Red Bull, and Lando did sort of move into Science. So, unlucky for Lando, but, you know, it is what it is. You, yeah, you know, but you said unlucky. Abby, was this unlucky? I think if he managed to pull it off, it would have been a great move and he would have got ahead. But, like you say, he was a bit overambitious with it. So, yeah. So that's what you get. Uh, in my opinion, Lando drove straight into Carlos Sainz car number 55. It was... Uh, well, in Lando's opinion, he, after the race, he was interviewed and he said, as an F1 driver, you have to look ahead. Um, interesting. You know, if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. Yes, but the gap say. wasn't there, was but it? But the gap wasn't really there that's what I was going to say you know fair play to Lando for going for it I'd rather see drivers make these moves than not make these moves but it didn't quite work out for him on this occasion indeed Um, what else happened on uh, the first lap the first turn Dan well well, yeah Bottas didn't get away very well did he Um, I did predict this to be honest because we saw that the inside line was much stronger off the start yesterday and that proved the same today. Bottas got off the line well and then that second phase, same as Max struggled yesterday, Bottas struggled today 
and was overtaken by Max on uh, going into turn one. Max then did push Bottas quite wide, which meant, <laughs> which uh, he's not the only time you push someone wide today, but we'll get to that. Um, which meant Bottas lost all momentum and Sergio Perez was able to jump Bottas as well. Um, but you know, I'm not saying Max did anything wrong, just to clarify that. It was fine what he did. It just meant that Bottas lost out. I'm just looking at the uh, Formula Nerd's official race review uh, written by Lena today. And uh, she's written that Bottas handed over first place to Verstappen in the first corner. Uh, Dan, what, 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 would, what would your counter-argument be to that? By any chance, would you defend Bottas there? Say, say that again. <laughs> uh, Lena has written... Um, not only did Bottas hand over first place to Verstappen in the first corner, but he was shortly, uh, it was shortly afterwards, Perez overtook him in turn four. Well, he didn't bloody give Max the place, did he? <laughs> he didn't go, there you go, go into P1. <laughs> he uh, did a bit. I mean, I don't want to insult our own writers. They're all lovely, but come on. <laughs> but uh, uh, Lena here is writing what she saw. Uh, what did you see, Abby? I saw Max run Bottas wide okay okay I think uh, I know that Dan he's just picked up his phone by the way and I know he's about to show the video to me and and then analyse it clip by clip Uh, yes yes Bottas did get ran out wide he didn't have the best start but Max was aggressive on the start and let's be honest we expected that Bottas isn't going to go aggressive against Verstappen is he why would he I think it was fair, though. I think it was fair. You know, as much, he did run him out wide, but I don't think Max did anything wrong. I'm not saying that Max should have had any form of penalty or changed anything that he did. No, it was racing. It was the start of a Grand Prix. Um, I'm interested to know, though, um, Dan, the Bottas fan, wearing the Bottas shirt, um, what you think about going into turn four where Bottas went off? Uh, what happened? I can't even remember what happened. I bet you can't. Selective memory. Uh, going into turn four, is Perez... this not when he just got pushed wide? No, no. So uh, oh. after going after going wide, they went turn th- well through the centre S's down the second DRS zone. Perez behind him. Perez took the place. Bottas went off the track. Uh, oh, um, I can't. I can't remember that, so I can't really comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but I mean, I'm sure no one did anything wrong because I definitely would have noticed it if they did. So I think it was just hard racing, but fair racing throughout the whole of that first sequence of corners. Yeah. You muted yourself too early then. You hadn't actually finished talking before you muted yourself. Sorry. It's fine. I'll fix it. Thanks. Um, so Hamilton gained four places. Was that in the in the first corner? It, I'm pretty sure it was the first corner, wasn't it? Or first, first two laps of corners. Yeah. yeah. Very, very so, so I'm getting confused with yesterday now, aren't I? Um, I believe it was the first two laps where Hamilton had already gained four places. Now, what was what did Hamilton have for breakfast? I mean, uh, Abby... Porridge, it, probably. It, no, Bottas has porridge. Hamilton clearly has... The breakfast Weetabix. of champions. The breakfast of champions. <laughs> I need some of that tomorrow, Monday morning, before I start work, because it's clearly pretty special. I mean, good God. As if he, he hadn't had a bad enough weekend. The guy just... He just came out of nowhere. I mean, Abby, what did you think of those first few laps from Hamilton? There was no stopping him. 
he has the talent. He knew he needed to get higher up in the points to challenge Max to um, decrease the gap in the championship. And straight away, he managed to do that. Indeed. Um, I want to talk a bit about the, the, the part where Hamilton had already done a bit of his, his, his initial rampage. And there was a Bottas switcheroo. Um, and I, I, I'm just poking this. I'm, I'm like prodding a little, uh, like like a like a puffer fish here, right? Which is Dan on my screen. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna prod you like that. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's now one. he's now blowing up. So uh, yeah, go on, Dan. Release, release. No, do you know what? Normally, I would be annoyed, but I'm actually not annoyed that that happened at all. I think that that was the right thing for Mercedes to do. Because we're at the point now where unless Bottas messes up or gets taken out, he's going to get third in the championship. And Lewis needed that place to fight the rebels. He d- he did have to slow down to an almost stop in order to let Lewis pass. So maybe he could have done it at the next DRS zone, which is only just around the track. But whatever it is, what it is. But I'm not annoyed that they did that. I think that was the right thing to do. And I'm glad they did it because it allowed Lewis to go and fight the rebels, which I don't think is the answer that anyone thought I was going to give. No, to be fair, I think as a as a racing fan, you understand the the, the dynamics of how this sport works. Um, and do you know what? It's your final episode, and I I would like to just say well done for finally saying something that's true. Um, you know, it's taken it's, a while. It's taken it, since January. You know, you finally said something that's actually true. So thank you, Dan. Um, now it. The Red Bulls, they were not in the distance this race. You know, um, Horner, Horner knew that the, the, the Mercedes had the quicker pace. Um, but there were a few safety... Well, there's a safety car, then there are a few virtual safety cars. Um, Abby, what caused the first safety car? Um, I believe it was Sonoda and Stroll crashing on the exit of Turn 1. And debris flying all over the track. And boy, did it fly all over the track. Um, this didn't take Sonoda out of the race, though, did it? No, it didn't. And it didn't take Stroll out of the race until much later on. Yeah, I mean, do, do you know what? Already with this race, uh, I hate to admit this as an F1 fan, but tell me if you agree. I can only really remember four drivers in this race. <laughs> the rest is a bit of a blur. I mean, de- Damn. That's why I gave it a nine. Yeah. That's why I gave it a nine and not a ten. I mean, I do remember what happened lower down the field because Stroll's car just kind of went pop halfway through the race when just bits just flew off it for no apparent reason. Um, and I do remember that, and that is why he retired, probably from that contact with Sonoda. Um, but uh, the TV direction hasn't been great this weekend, so I think we missed some stuff that yes. we probably should have seen. Yes, thank you for reminding me about this. This really cheesed me off. Um, we will get to the Verstappen saga in a moment, but you're right, Dan. There was a point in the race where they were showing... Um, what's his bloody name? Stroll. They were showing, showing Stroll in the, uh, in the garage when there was awesome on-track action happening. Like, again, this was... And, Dan, you said it was Monaco-esque, right? It was... Yeah, I did. I referenced the meme. (laughs) Lance Stroll, what has happened? (laughs) Um, But, no, we were watching Lance Stroll stand in a garage when there was... Garage, however you say it. When there were loads of of battles happening on track. It wasn't the best uh, 
race direction we've ever seen. It definitely wasn't the worst. But, um, yeah, you know, it, it, it's just kind of what we expect from F1, really. It does change quite a lot week on week, this TV direction. But could have been worse. So let's talk about uh, strategy, because that was a part of this race. It, well, it, I don't think it was the decider of this race, but it was part of it. Um, again, Dan, you, you and me, we're quite critical of Mercedes' uh, strategy in race. And they pitted Lewis first this time. What, what did you make of that? Oh, I knew, sorry, I knew you were going to say that. I jumped in too early. Um, no, I think that was the right thing to do. I think they thought... Every team thought the undercut would be more powerful than it was. Um, so they pitted Lewis first, and I think that was the right thing to do, to be honest. I think that was, given the circumstances, the best they could have done. Um, and then Red Bull pitted Max straight after to cover to cover it off, which they had to do. So otherwise Lewis on fresh rubber would have gone miles into the lead. And Max came out in the lead again, but the gap was a lot closer than it was before the pit stops. So that that was right from Mercedes up to that point. Yes. Uh, and now, Abby, let's let's talk about the Bottas strategy here. So they, they kept Bottas out at this point, which confused the entire racing community as to why on earth you'd keep Bottas out. But it worked out in their favour in the end, didn't it? Didn't it? He did. Because of the Sonoda and Stroll crash, the virtual safety car came out, meaning that Bottas was then in the lead. And Dan... How did you react to that? <laughs> I was, I was, quite, I was quite, getting quite annoyed at Mercedes. I was like, for God's sake, Mercedes, you messed up, you messed up. Oh, sorry, Mercedes. It was like they, it was like they knew something before we did. Yeah, um, and I always so they say had this. messed up, but they got away with it. This is oh. what I always say during races is, these guys are paid a lot more than us. Well, they're paid a lot more than anyone else in this country um, to do a job, right? And surely they must know things. Like there's going to be a virtual safety car. <laughs> I mean, I can't even think what that was for. Oh, mix. That was for mixed front wing. Oh, was that mixed one? Was that for mix? I think that was for mixed front wing because the uh, Stroll Sonoda one was a full safety car. So maybe they maybe they thought a VSC might be coming and they gambled. Again, we didn't really see the whole picture because of the TV direction, but whatever, it worked. Indeed. Um, so, so do you think that saved Bottas's race? I mean, as we know, he ended up in P3 on the podium. I'm not sure he would have if that hadn't happened. I don't know, because the Mercedes were clearly the quicker car today. So it might have made it harder. I think he probably would have got on the podium, but it would have been tighter. Support for the Cut to the Race podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawmower 4.0. You heard it right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer just for Formula Nerds listeners, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FORMULANERDS at manscaped.com. That's code Formula Nerds at manscaped.com. So I think one of the really exciting parts of this race was Hamilton versus Perez. Um, Abby, did this did this get your racing blood flowing? It did. Seeing Hamilton putting pressure on Perez, using Mercedes straight line speed, getting ahead, but then Perez coming back with DRS to then take second place again. 
it was one of the best battles of the race, but not the best, obviously, which we will come to. Indeed, indeed. I just I just want to replay this moment just for the listeners who might have just forgotten how epic this was at that exact moment. And there's Hamilton, but trying to go down the outside. Is he going to sweep through? Can he keep it on the road? He can. He's done it. Hamilton, who's been making a habit of going down the inside into turn one, this time dances around the outside, and he has done it. He's cleared Sergio Perez, who's got now DRS to try and fight his way back. They're going to go Wilson with it to Cena Delago, and Sergio Perez repasses Lewis Hamilton and reclaims that second place. Perez didn't fight the overtake from Hamilton. So, I mean, that that was one of definitely one of the highlights of the race. And it's not the first time we've seen Lewis and Perez fighting, was it? Turkey. Um, we actually forgot to mention it on our Turkish Grand Prix review, didn't we, Dan? Um, Sorry, I was too engrossed in the fact that Bossas won the Grand Prix. <laughs> all I cared about. <laughs> but with, uh, Lewis and Perez had a really good battle in the last corner in Turkey as well, where uh, Hamilton almost went into the pit lane. Um, They're both very clean racers, so they, they wheel-to-wheel very nicely with each other. I think that's a really good point. They, they, they both got that experience, that, that racing knowledge, where they, they know there are boundaries that are not to be pushed. They've got that, that, that respect. And it was all... Hamilton knew Perez was coming back um, during this, and he didn't make it too difficult. I mean, Abby, when you, when, when, when you watched it, you know, we, we were all celebrating, yeah, Hamilton's got past. But when they got to turn four, which was the action zone of this race, you know, Hamilton quite easily gave it back to Perez, don't you think? I, I do. I think he knew that with the number of laps left, he would have the chance to overtake Perez again. So it might have been futile to try and fight him at that point in time. So, I mean, spoiler alert, um, Hamilton did get past Perez in the end, which was a nice, fair, clean move. Um, And it it was, I think it was a lap till he was three seconds ahead. You know, he, he was absolutely out in the distance. But then he comes behind Max Verstappen. Now, this went on for a while, didn't it, Dan? It did. And honestly, it is some of my favourite moments of the season so far. I was on the edge of my seat and, uh, you know, I I, I, I was going to say I was a neutral, so I enjoyed it more than you probably did, but I wasn't. I wanted Lewis to win. Um, but it was a brilliant, brilliant battle. Was it entirely fair? Maybe not, which we'll explain. But it was a very good battle. Yeah, so, I mean, okay, whilst I'm sitting here wearing a Lewis Hamilton hat, uh, literally, um, I am a fan of racing. I I would rather the best man won every time, and I've said this before on the podcast, and I I do mean it. Max Verstappen was playing a little bit dirty today. There was a lot of weaving going on. Now, let's just talk about this weaving, because Max has been, you know, past, you know, a few years ago, he's been really known for... Uh, ducking and diving in breaking zones, hasn't he, Dan? Yeah, Max used to get a lot of penalties for that kind of thing and he got a bit, quite the reputation for being a bit dirty when it came to putting other drivers at danger. We haven't really seen that kind of Max Verstappen this year, 
but we saw it today. He was defending from Lewis. He was weaving a lot. And importantly, he was moving more than once under breaking, which is what the regulations say you can't do, which I saw him do. And I said on our chat, I was like, that was a bit dodgy, the amount he's moving. And then about five minutes later, he got a black and white flag. And I was like, oh, I'm a genius. Put me in the steward's box. But um, no, it, it was it was unfair what Max was doing under breaking. And if Lewis had gone for a lunge, they would have crashed. And that's why you can't move under breaking that much. And I think we, we saw Perez moving around on the home straight, right? Trying to break that slipstream. That's one thing. But there is zigzagging and then uh, moving under braking, which is, a, which is a whole different thing. So that was going on. I think Lewis is, is mature enough to just watch and wait. Uh, but it was, again, when we got to turn four, where it got very, very spicy indeed, where the move happened. Lewis was ahead going into turn four. Um, Abby, break down what happened for us. This is this is the moment of the race for me, really. So, Verstappen and Hamilton both going into turn four, fighting for the lead. Hamilton has the lead going into the corner and Verstappen knows, in my opinion, that if he follows the corner and turns in, Hamilton will get the lead and Verstappen will be P2. So, None of us have actually seen the onboard footage yet, but it seems like Verstappen runs Hamilton off the track to keep P1 because he knows that if he didn't, Hamilton would have taken the lead. And at the end of the day, both of them want that title. So there you go. And then Hamilton was behind Max. And there was it was noted, but it was not investigated. So this is the bit I just don't get, right? And I'm rubbing my face and I'm uh, I'm cringing thinking about this, which is, to me, it was very evident that Max Verstappen didn't turn the wheel. If you look at the, the if you just look at their front wheels, you can see Lewis is turning them more. Okay, you can't see the steering wheels side by side, but you can see that Lewis's angle of attack is to stay on track. That rhymed, and I didn't mean it to. Um, However, you can see Max Verstappen's tyres are not turning in that direction. And what's really bothered me, and I said this from the moment it happened, is, yeah, we've got all the camera angles on earth, man. You know, we, we've got cameras looking over the whole of St. Paolo. We've got cameras in the, in, in the fan stands. We've got cameras everywhere. But we just didn't happen to have a camera inside of Max Verstappen's cockpit, did we? Well... There was a camera. We just didn't see it. Um, so why didn't we see it, Dan? That is an excellent question, Ollie. I don't know. And I don't think anyone knows. And apparently the FAA didn't have that available to them when deciding whether to investigate this or not, which is surely the one angle that they'd need when deciding whether to investigate this so, or not. Okay, now, and again, so, so let's just stop there. So the FIA... They don't have that camera angle available. But they've got his rear wing. They've got Lewis's rear wing. They've got Lewis's cockpit. They've got Max's front wing, right? Sorry, but The wing's making me laugh every time now. Yes, uh, it refer to past podcast. Um, it's not right. It's not right. Um, tell me it's not... Tell me the FIA did not have a camera inside Max's cockpit. I mean, I'm no conspiracy theorist, and I'm not going to say that this is the case, 
but I'm just going to put it out there. The FIA, spoiler alert, didn't give a penalty to Max in this scenario. Most people thought he was going to get a five-second penalty. I wonder if the onboard camera then became available after they decided that and they looked at it and gone, oh, crap, yeah, that should have been a penalty. Just don't show that. Just don't show that. Cut that out. Cut that out. I mean, I'm not saying that's what happened, but that might have been why we haven't seen it. Just going to throw it out there. Uh, I've, uh, as much as I love to be a conspiracy theorist, which I am not, um, my gut feeling is that there was a technical glitch. For whatever reason, they didn't have access to that camera. Now, that would explain why the coverage didn't show it straight away, because let's be honest, the FIA aren't going to say, hey, Mr. F1 director, in a split second, please don't show that. It's just not going to happen. There's not enough time to do that. Um, but what I did hear after the race was that they needed to download the footage off Max's car. Download? What do they do? Plug a USB stick in? Like, what What? what year is this? Like, it, it's just baffling me that out of all the battles we know are going to happen on track, there are two cars where you want a camera in the cockpit to review straight away. I mean, Abby, am I being silly here? Just, just tell me what you think. Honestly, I will not be offended. I think that that footage needed to be seen. I think Max should have got a penalty and I think that footage would have shown it. I don't agree with what the FIA and the stewards decided personally, but if they're not going to release the footage, then no one will really know apart from Max. Now, the the FIA don't just have cameras. They've got sensors. So uh, I think it was Martin Brundle said they would have reviewed the drive, the, the steering inputs from Max's car as well. But still, the guy didn't turn the wheel. You can see that on camera. It was almost as though he redesigned the track to fit what he needed to happen. Yes, yeah, and Paolo just got a lot wider. Yeah, and the fact is, if he hadn't have run Lewis off the track, Lewis would have taken the lead. That's where it doesn't sit right with me that he didn't get a penalty. Now, the part where I think the, 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 the topic of conversation starts is they both went off track. So if, if Max just ran Lewis off, let's say there was a gravel trap there. If Max stayed on track but purposely drove Lewis off, Lewis was then you know um, negatively impacted by that. Yes, he would have got a, he, he would have got a penalty clearly, but they both went off. Do you think that's what saved Max? Yeah, even so, Lewis would have taken the lead if Max hadn't have run him off the track. You can't run people off the track. That is where I can't get my head around the fact he hasn't got a penalty. But, you know, whatever. Mercedes and Red Bull, Ron Meadows and Jonathan Whitley then started a little uh, war of sarcasm with Michael Massey. Oh, this um, was ridiculous. And then it, Michael Massey became Michael Sassy once again <laughs> um, and went, got, went, got, back at, got back at them. Um, going, so he can't do this. No, you can do this. No, you can't do that. The thing you know, I find about Michael Massey is he's, he's very much... Oh, yes, don't worry, I, I'll listen to that, right? It's like, dude, have some balls. Just tell tell Red Bull to shut up and let you get on with your job. Like, why is he so polite? Well, he's Australian, isn't he? Maybe it's in their DNA. You know, Danny <laughs> I, Rick's Australian. I've never heard him say a bad word about anyone. Apart from Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> who, are, who are a bunch of beeps. Um 
But no, I mean, Mercedes definitely had a stronger case here than Red Bull. And funny enough, uh, Jonathan Wheatley from Red Bull was saying, Michael, this is the definition of reel-to-wheel racing or whatever he said. I'm like, yes, it is, if the track is where you've just raced. It, which it wasn't. It yeah, exactly. It wasn't the definition of wheel-to-wheel racing in Silverstone where your driver didn't get out of the way. Just well, saying. It was literally wheel-to-wheel and then... Yeah, and you know what? I'm just trying to find, as as an impartial person here, I'm just trying to find an angle where what they did was correct. You know, what what argument did Red Bull have? I believe in when he was speaking to Simon and Johnny Herbert, Christian Horner said, "That's just racing. Neither one of them's going to back down. It's just racing," and then. It looked as though Horner was shying away from some questions that Sky was asking him because it made him a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, did you I notice Horner went interview. red? Did you notice he, he actually went red in the face and he couldn't I look up? That now I'm not a, a spy, clearly, or any kind of like um, lie detector person or whatever you call these people. But Horner. He was a man who was not telling the truth during that interview. He wasn't looking up. He was looking to the different corners and he was going red. The only thing he did say... up to something. Mercedes are up to something. Every team is up to something. Some are just better at it than others. Toto's better than Horner is what you're saying. Christian Horner, (laughs) yeah, isn't very good at hiding when his team are up to something. Yeah, I mean, okay, we'll get we'll get into the up to some things in a minute, but it was it was just the whole the only thing Horner said that I thought, okay, fair play. He said if it was roles reversed, I think it was Paul DeResta who asked the question, right, if this was completely the other way around, would you have complained? And he went, Oh, I would have told our, our, our race our, our race director to have a moan. I thought, no, you wouldn't. You would have been you would have been in the in the post race conferences saying that your driver was in hospital or could have been in hospital <laughs> or or whatever he said in the past, right? Drive you can just you already know that Drive to Survive are gonna put some radio from Grosjean's accident or something over the top of that Max and Lewis incident today with Will Buxton going, there are certain moments when silence falls on a racing circuit. You just know <laughs> that Netflix are going to do that and really over-dramatise this. You just know it's going to happen. And I still love Drive to Survive. I don't know why. Yeah, because it, it's juicy. Uh, it's it's like um, it's like reality TV for F1. Well, it is reality TV for F1 fans, but... To our listeners, I am sorry for going on for so long about this particular corner, this particular thing, but it really bothered me. It, it really did. I mean, it's not actually made a difference to the no, outcome of the race in the end. It hasn't made a difference to I the think... race, but what it's made a difference to is the, the way in which drivers conduct themselves on track. Because if you can do that today, you can do it next week. And that's the bit that I don't understand where... There's been many times where... It's actually Perez and Hamilton and I in Austria where they've knocked each other out and you know pushed each other wide. They've always got penalised and so have other drivers for that. Why was it any different? I just don't... I can't answer that question. No, neither can I. Neither can I. Then well, we have a problem. Cleared up then? <laughs> <laughs> no, no idea. No idea at all. But what it meant is that we had a bit more of an entertaining race, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So it was It was about 10 minutes later that Hamilton was putting on the pressure consistently. 
Was it inevitable, Abby? Would you say we were just sitting there waiting for it? Yeah. I think after his performance yesterday in the sprint race and he gained 15 places in 24 laps, today he started P10 and he gained six place, four places, I think, in the first two laps. It was inevitable that he was going to catch Verstappen. And I'm so glad that he did. Yeah, you all say that. But I was the only one who predicted Hamilton was going to win this race, right? That's true. Yep. Yeah. It, yeah. It was You're just... also really irritating. So I'm watching it on the delay because I'm watching it on my laptop <laughs> and not the TV. And all I get is Dolly going, yes, yes, yes. And I'm just like, what has happened? I don't know. It's like Dan, the Lance Stroll meme in real life. Dan, I pay a lot for Sky Sports F1 Ultra HD, okay? I'm going to definitely rub so that I, in. I'm on my computer in my uni room. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your problem, not mine. Okay, um, can you buy me a TV as a leaving gift? Buy me a TV. <laughs> I don't think you can get Sky at uni, can you? Well, I've got Sky. I just need the TV. Yeah, but it'll still be delayed because you're on now. You're on Sky Go, right? Uh, not if I get a proper TV package. Yeah, but you can't <laughs> get Sky packages at uni. Trust me, I tried when I was at uni. You can't do it because you're at holes. Anyway, this is this is really diverted where we were going with this. Um, but yeah, Hamilton took the lead from Verstappen, and that was when he got the black and white flag. This was also when Toto Wolf provided the moment of the season on the Toto cam, <laughs> giving a massive screw you, FIA, straight to the camera. It was more than a screw you, FIA. It was like, it was like a look of pure hatred <laughs> towards the camera, and it was, it, he it was, was he, a, you he aimed it, us, but you can't kill us. Basically, is what I, it was. Didn't he say that was aimed at the other teams after the race? What What did he say? No, he said it was a hello to the race director, I think, didn't he? Oh. So that was just a friendly hello to the race director. There was nothing was friendly just about just that. Massive, yeah. it, it scared me in my front room and I was nowhere near Brazil and, and that Toto Wolf scared the crap out of me, right? He looked directly at that camera and looked angry. Um, I don't think it was anger. I think it was, you've tried to stop us and we're still winning. Suck on that. I think it's what it was. <laughs> I don't know if you'll need to bleep that, but I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, but don't you love that, right? This is, this is oh, I what, loved it. I loved this is it. what racing is. It's boring if we don't have emotions like this. This is what makes racing so much fun, where you've got the most chilled dude in the paddock, Toto, who's just Mr. Mr. Efficiency and Process. And then he's doing this to the cameras. I, I love this, don't you, Abby? Yeah, I do. It makes it so much more entertaining to see everyone, all the teams, different emotions and everything. It's just, it was amazing. And it was really funny as well. And and we've had a bit of a peed off Toto all weekend, haven't we, Dan? I mean, he, he was moaning on Martin's grid walk as well. Yeah, but I can see why. Because from what he's saying, the double standards of the... Du- try again. The double standards of the FIA do seem quite bad because you know why can Red Bull change their rear wing Red Bull changed the upper element of their rear wing before the race today how why can they do that in park Fermi conditions but Mercedes couldn't correct the error that which the FIA accepted was a uh, like a default it wasn't deliberate on the DRS system so I can see why Toto was a bit aggrieved by that because it did seem quite double standardy yeah, so so two points on that. Just so you know, the the results have come out. the 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 rear wing, which has caused all this controversy and uh, Lewis being disqualified from qualifying. Dan, do you know how many 
Hmm, should I give you a clue? Yeah, I'm going to give you a clue. How many millimetres bigger was this wing than I it was I believe it was 0.2. Correct. I'm right? Correct. Yes, that's ridiculous. What 0.2 of a millimetre. <laughs> I don't think I've ever used millimetres to measure anything. No, like, well, that's, such, that's so small. It's not even on a ruler, right? <laughs> it's like... Well, actually, it's Abby, like... for the listeners, has brought out a WH Smith's ruler. Um, a, a purple one. <laughs> yeah. Ollie's already got fine. a mark at 0.2 millimetres on his ruler. <laughs> I do now, yeah. <laughs> you happy with yourself for that one, Dan, aren't you? I was, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what, what I'm saying is this is ridiculous. It's, it's 0.2 millimetres. Um, Toto wasn't happy about that. Mercedes got disqualified from qualifying. That's ridiculous for 0.2 millimetres. Sorry, was it 0.2 or was it 2 millimetres? 0.2. 0.2 millimetres or 0.2 centimetres? 0.2 millimetres. That is... I can't get my head around that. That's ridiculous. No. That is... That is it's tiny. And I... Uh, <laughs> the fact that the FIA is so certain on that... Like, maybe Joe Bauer just shoved the little device a little bit too hard, and then it went through. Like, it... Ollie. And um, it could have been... It could have been literally anything, and this could go downhill very quickly with all these references flying about. Um, but I don't... I don't understand it. I completely, completely see where Toto was annoyed by it. But if, if you told Mercedes when all this came out that they'd get a 1-3, extend their championship lead, and Lewis would close the gap in the championship... They would have taken that in a heartbeat. They couldn't have asked for a lot more other than Bottas in P2, but they didn't so, get that. I'm still just sitting here, and I actually... Uh, not that I doubt you guys at all, because I love you and I believe everything you say, but I just had to check this. It is 0.2 millimetres that this rear wing was out. That's ridiculous! It is. And what I find... What I found funny... At the start, on the grid walk, was Sky spoke to Horner and asked about the Red Bull rear wings, saying that apparently they had changed them. And Horner said something like, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. And when the camera zoomed in, I believe it was Stappen's rear wing, suddenly there was a wall of Red Bull mechanics yeah, and engineers that. all covering it so you couldn't see it on the camera. They're up to something. They're up to something. They are. Um, and Red Bull have been in and out of the FIA offices all weekend. Adrian Newey and, uh, what's his name, Helmut Marko, have been in and out of the FIA offices all weekend with documents and papers and all sorts. This is going to run and run and run for several weeks, probably right till the end of the season and possibly after it. And that'll be really irritating if it runs after the season. I just, Googled, I just Googled what's smaller than a millimetre because I'm trying to still get, this, get over this in my head. It's a micrometre. Have you ever even heard of one of those? I've heard of them, but... Carpenters probably have. I haven't. No, carpenters do not work in, in micrometres, I they can guarantee you that. They work in millimetres. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, but at the end of the day, to counter everything we've just said, rules are rules, they're in black and white. If you break them, you're going to get a penalty. Yeah, and a but black and white flag... very Vers harsh. Black and white flag Verstappen got. So we, if we talk yes, about black and white, yes... Um, but okay, let's just let, let, let's just summarise on on Lewis P10 to winning it. Now, no one has ever won that Grand Prix 
from outside the top eight in history. Lewis's weekend went... He qualified fastest Friday, right? Yes. Uh, so yes, he, he went did. P1, P20, P5, P10, P1. Like, what a weekend that is. That is just ridiculous. And it is this weekend and weekends like this that Lewis Hamilton proves why he is a seven-time world champion. You can knock it and say it's just a car or whatever. No, Lewis Hamilton is a ridiculously good Formula One driver. What what I loved more than anything, uh, as a a Lewis Hamilton fan from... From back in the day, uh, and Lewis is what got me into F1, right? I mean, I followed him a bit in GP2 into F1, but it was the passion. It was the the fighting. It was the it, it was that out-and-out determination to win and prove everyone else wrong. And it's very easy to oversee that these days, right? Where you're a seven-time world champion, and for, for lots of the last few years, it's just been, yeah, Lewis wins standard. That, that's just what happens. Um, today, I saw a different Lewis where he had to fight for it. And over the radio at the end, I think that's when it really hit me. And it made me a little bit emotional. It reminded me of back in the day, right, where he was screaming. He was absolutely loving what he had achieved. And that's what I've missed, because... With dominance comes, you know, um, it, it, it comes expectation. And there was no expectation today that Lewis was going to win that race at all. And I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Yes, I'm a Lewis fan, but the the best man won today. And, and there's, there's, there's no two ways about that. And I've said it in the past, when Verstappen's won, he's deserved to win it. I mean, um, Abby, was this the Lewis of old that you saw today? Was this a... And Lewis ending his, you know, near near the end of his career. How, how how do you see Lewis right now? I don't think he is is near the end of his career at all. I think it's easy for a seven time world champion to who who wins and dominates year after year to when he's faced with a battle, give not give up but not fight back as hard. But Lewis has used this battle with Max to drive him more. To, he's more determined, more motivated. And especially with the Brazilian crowd, all the fans, a bit of Senna magic in the air. He just dominated today and it was a very well-deserved win. And it was it was someone else who got booed today, wasn't it, Dan? It wasn't. Usually it's Lewis who, got, who gets booed, but today it wasn't. No, it was Max that got booed on the podium, um, which I was quite surprised, you know, given 2008 and everything that Lewis did to absolutely crush the Brazilians' hearts when it was Glock. <laughs> he didn't do he's it. He's very, <laughs> well, yeah, he's very, very liked in Brazil. And Max was being booed on the podium. Whether that's because Red Bull, if you're not a Red Bull fan, you kind of hate Red Bull. So whether it's because none of them were Red Bull fans and they just thought Red Bull had been getting a bit ridiculous over the weekend, I don't know. But yeah, Max 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 couldn't get off the podium quick enough. It was kind of like the end of the German anthem. Duh, 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 duh. Okay, I'm gone. You know, quick spray of the champagne, drink, bolt. They they, they sprayed the champagne before the moment. before the actual had started. Did you notice that? Yeah, they, Max just wanted to go. He was <laughs> yeah. like, right, let's do the formalities and get the hell out of here. Yeah. Um, do you do you think that all of the pressure that's gone on over rear wings and all this accusation between Red Bull and Mercedes, that's actually spurred them on? Do you think do you think that's actually made them stronger? One hundred percent. They're gonna take this and use the anger 
But Lewis was driving this weekend in anger, literally, and it worked very, very well. He was probably helped out by the new power unit, or Helmet Marco has put it solely down to the new power unit, um, to the extent that he's spoken to Honda about giving Max a new one. But Honda has said it's probably not worth it for the amount of power that we're going to gain. But I wouldn't count it out. I wouldn't count out Max getting a brand new one in, well, it would have been next week, really, wouldn't it? He's not going to do it in the last two races of the season. But he is driving based purely on, okay, you can set me back, but you're not going to stop me, I think is what Lewis was thinking this weekend. Mm. I mean, we we spoke yesterday and I, I said my opinions, you know, that I didn't think it was Lewis's year. I've changed my mind. It's been 24 hours since we last sat here together. I've changed my mind. I have definitely changed my mind. We're going into tracks where we haven't been before that are speed-focused. How do Red Bull come back from this, Abby? What, what, what do you think they need to do? Is it psychology? Is it um, engineering? How are they going to come back? I think they need to focus race on race. They can't think too far ahead in the future. They need to utilise all their efforts and make sure that both drivers are giving it their all fairly and are just fighting each race lap by lap. I don't think anyone can predict who will be champion this year. I don't think anyone has really known throughout the whole of it. But, but yeah, okay, you're saying race by race. There's only three left. It's Every, every race now matters, right? So... What's Red Bulls? We've only got a week in, until the next race. You know what? What do you think Max Verstappen is 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 thinking now? That his title might be in trouble. That after Lewis's performance today, mm-hmm. he might not be able to win it. I think qualifying will be the most one of the most important factors where he needs to get pole to defend his position. But with Qatar and Saudi Arabia. No one knows what the track's like and no one knows how it's going to go. And I think that's probably the fairest way to end this championship. Uh, I've got to ask Dan. He's picked up his phone and he, he's in an uncontrollable laughter. Do you, do you want to share the joke? You're on mute. That's embarrassing. I was on mute. Um, it's just in the post-race show. Uh, Yuki was being interviewed uh, in the F1 TV post-race show and he had the microphone really low. And then Ocon came along and sarcastically bent really far down to go into the microphone. And hang on, can you just... Wait, there. Oh, my... You can't really see it. I can sort of go. see it, yeah. Just look at his yeah. legs. <laughs> oh, that's just cracked me up. Um, anyway... I did some maths before we were recording this podcast. Oh, with Lewis. oh, oh have you, you haven't mentioned you've done some maths. Um, I did some maths, man. right. Yeah, maths yeah. was my worst GCSE. All the others were good. Maths was, I passed, but that was it. So I'm very proud of myself for doing these maths. <laughs> um, if you may say so at, yourself, yeah. I was looking at the championship possibilities and how it could play out for the rest of the season. So Max is currently on 332.5 and Lewis is currently on 318. Thank God they're both on 0.5 because I'd be fuming if the championship was decided on a half a point. But this got me thinking, how can the rest of the season play out? Well, I hear you ask. If Lewis wins in Qatar and Max is P2, which people are saying it's a Mercedes track, Lewis will be on 343.5 and Max will be on 350.5. This is assuming that either Bottas or Bottas, Bottas or Perez takes fastest lap every time. Right. Because they'll just probably have a free pit stop. Pause there and just say it again slowly. If Lewis wins in Qatar <laughs> and Max is P2, 
Yeah. And fastest laps are not taken by either driver. Mm-hmm. Lewis will be on 343.5. Max will be on 350.5. So Max will still be ahead. Max will still be ahead. Moving on to Saudi Arabia, again, mm-hmm. ignoring the fastest lap point. If Lewis wins there and Max is P2, Lewis will be on 368.5 and Max will be on 368.5. Level. They will be equal, oh. will be equal leading into the season finale in Abu Dhabi. You are if it kidding me. 1 2 1 2 and no fastest lap points are gained by either driver or, for example, one apiece is gained. Right, so we have that is the scenario we want. (laughs) That is what we want. We have the potential. So Lewis needs to win the next two races with Max in P2, and we will go into the championship finale level. Has that ever happened when the driver who finishes first or higher up wins? Has that ever happened? Because even, you know, they've gone down to the final round but it's been a case of, oh, Rosberg only needs to win or Lewis only needs P5, as we know, because he scraped past Glock and won the championship. Um, A quick Google search did not answer my question. I've typed in, last race in F1 level on points. Um, Nothing came up. Uh, But we have some very keen... It definitely hasn't happened for many, many years. No, we we do have some awesome um, listeners to this show who correct me every time I'm wrong, by the way. Shout out to Scott Berry. Shout out to John Dutton. Some of these people, right, they will message me the moment that this podcast comes out and tell me I'm wrong. So um, to all you F1... You, you formula nerds, we'll call you. Um, has it ever happened? Let us know. Yes, please do. However, I r- cannot express how much I want that to happen. I, I Honestly, I would just love, love, love for it to be whoever finishes higher in Abu Dhabi wins. Doesn't matter if that's P9 and 10. Doesn't matter if that's P1 and 2. So that, that's the best case scenario. I think the worst case scenario now is that one of them has a DNF. Well, yeah, that is the worst case. That if that if that happens scenario. now, the whole championship is void, in my opinion, right? You know, we've had it would be such, a shame. We've had such a battle, and yes, there have been clashes, there have been crashes, uh, they've taken each other out. Um, but I think we are we are in a fair position here, where it it, it would break my heart if there was a DNF in the next couple uh, next three races. And this is forgetting the fact that Sergio Perez has found his feet in the Red Bull and Valtteri Bottas is on top form since his move to Alpha. They will come into it. The second drivers will come into it. Mm. If Bottas gets a P2 and Max is further down, that blows it wide open. Have you got those numbers as well, Dan? No. <laughs> My brain hurt too much for that point. I'd done the championship and all the gaps and everything, and I'd done that, and then I couldn't figure out every scenario. I didn't yeah. even have long enough between the and race and the And that's why you didn't get an A in your GCSE maths. And that is why I didn't get an A in my GCSE maths. I did get A's, just not in my GCSE maths. Okay, so what happens if Max wins the next two, Lewis comes in P2? Can he still win the last race? Um, so Max would get no, you Max see would, Dan's face Max would get 50 Lewis would get 36 so give me a second just to work that one out <laughs> welcome Hold to the, the podcast Abby <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the one doing maths right now yeah me too me too uh, that, that's I'm why I did this very hurriedly <laughs> plus 36 equals 354.5 three, oh no 
Support for the Cut to the Race podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawmower 4.0. You heard it right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer just for Formula Nerds listeners, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FORMULANERDS at manscaped.com. That's code FORMULANERDS at manscaped.com. So, Dan, uh, what what did you work out during that uh, short break? If Max wins the next two races, no matter what Lewis does, Lewis would be 28 points behind. So even with then the two fastest lap points, he'd be 26 points behind. Oh, if he's 26 <laughs> points behind, if he, if he gets P2, but he gets the fastest lap point in the next races, he'll be 26 points behind heading into the season finale. So he will need win and fastest lap. Right, so let's Even just... then, Max has got more wins. No, he can't. Okay, Lewis cannot win the championship if that happens. So just to recap on Dan's um, mental... Um, explosion. Explosion, yeah. Um, if... if oh, excuse me. Twang. Uh, if Max wins the next two races, Lewis cannot win the world championship. According to my maths, that <laughs> is correct. <laughs> And again, shout out to our hardcore fans who will correct us. Who will correct us if we're wrong? Um, are there any special mentions for this race other than the top four that we've spoken about? Gasly did an overtake on. <laughs> well done, Gasly. <laughs> Pierre Gasly did an overtake. <laughs> well it was actually a disappointing weekend for Gasly. After Friday, it went downhill for him. Hmm. Carlos Sites, he started in fifth, finished in sixth, I think. Uh, yep, yeah, Leclerc was fifth, fair play. Ocon and Alonso, double points finished for Alpine. That's good. Uh, Nor- Norris did well to get back up to P10 after his first lap collision. Um, nothing else. Obviously, we had a, a, re- a retirement for Danny Rick, which was unfortunate due to loss of power, I believe. Yes, and that will concern Mercedes because they've had engine problems and... They they think they're okay because Bottas has taken twenty million engines and Hamilton's just taken a penalty, but you never know. And that's actually obviously done a huge amount of damage to the Ferrari versus McLaren battle, hasn't it? I did more maths <laughs> and I've worked out. I've worked out all of these. Dan, you should Mercedes- tell me what you've worked out before we start this show, so I know what to prompt you on. Mercedes are currently on 321.5 points in the constructors. Red Bull are on 510.5. That's a gap of 11 points heading into the last three races. Mm-hmm. Ferrari are on 287.5 points. McLaren are on 256. So Ferrari are now 31.5 points ahead of McLaren. That's quite an advantage at this stage of the season. Yeah, but it can turn quite quickly. True. Alpine and Alpha Tauri are equal. On 112 Still. points, not nothing to choose between the two weren't, of them. Weren't they equal last week? Yep. Pierre Gasly seventh, equaled the eight and ninth for Ocon and Alonso. Uh, Aston are nailed on seventh with 68 points. Williams are nailed on eighth with 23 points. Alfa Romeo are na- nailed on ninth with 11 points. And Haas have a grand total of nothing. And Mazepin is still 21st in a 20-car championship. Okay, right. Here's the big question we've all been wanting to talk about. Are Haas going to score any points this season? Abby? No. No. 
I don't think so. I think they'd like to. I think they'd like to, think, yeah. I don't, th- I don't <laughs> think they're there yet. When was the last time an F1 team did not score any points in a season? Williams. The last two years, isn't it? No, I'm sure they did. No, last year. Williams didn't get a single point last year, did they? Because they got one with good bits of the year before. And I'm sure they didn't get a single point last year. Now who's doing maths? Not me. I have got more <laughs> maths to tell you about, by the way, in the championship standings. Okay, hit us with some more maths, Dan. I hadn't finished it. Unless, okay, now unless scooters it. going around in the background. Um, yeah, sorry, I've got MotoGP outside my window. Um, so Max <laughs> leads the Drivers' Championship. He's on 332.5. Lewis is second on 318.5. That's a gap of 14 points. 14 just... points. So 14 points is the difference between... First and third. First and third, yeah. So we've just explained the scenarios regarding the rest of that, so I'm not going to explain that again because my brain will just die. Uh, Bottas is on 203 points in third. Perro's on 178 in fourth, which is a gap of 25. Should have that in the bag. You never know. But that should be in the bag for Bottas. Um, Perez on 178. Norris on 151. The real surprise here is how Leclerc is on 148, only three points behind Lando Norris. He's come out of absolutely nowhere. Oh, he's picked off Norris. Well, he's only three behind Well, he's him. about to pip off Norris, is what I meant. Yeah. And Sainz oh. isn't very many behind Leclerc either. So Norris potentially could end up seventh, which Abby, would be a big surprise. Abby, with your McLaren shirt on, how are you feeling about that? Well, see, McLaren are my favourite team. Lando's my favourite driver. But I do like Ferrari as well. Obviously, I would like... And I support Spurs and Arsenal. And, and, I, <laughs> no, and I thought you just said you were a Lewis Hamilton fan, so hold on a minute. I am. I like... Lando's my favourite. And obviously, I like Lewis. But I do like Ferrari as well, which can cause a bit of controversy. But I think... I think what we what what we can conclude is that you're a fan of F1, but not Red Bull. <laughs> also, disclaimer: I don't support Spurs and Arsenal. I only support Spurs. I'm a fan Just of F1, but I don't support Haas. So yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't like Gunter? Uh, no, I support Gunter. I don't support okay. the drivers. Okay. <laughs> anyway, onwards. Uh, Ricardo is in a hun- on 105 points. Gasly is on 92. O- Alonso on 68. Ocon's on 50, which I thought was interesting. So half of all his points this season have come in Hungary with that 25 points for the race win. Ocon won a race this year. Let's just, let's just not forget about that, right? Yeah, let's not talk about that because then we'll have to talk about the start of the race and I don't oh, want to yeah, talk about that. Oh, yeah, that was the one where Bottas played bowling. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, but that's all my maths for today. I can I can take my Rachel Riley wig off and, you know. Oh, you looked I'm, really good in that, Dan. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> With your Bottas shirt on and your wig on, it's been brilliant. Oh, dear. Well, um, basically, we're set up for a grandstand finish of this F1 season. We absolutely are. And there are not enough hours in the day to talk about every single driver that uh, did well today, didn't do well today. So um, we can't cover everything. Otherwise... We would 
be here for the rest of the night. And so would you listening to this. Um, but let's just recap on our race ratings of the day and our drivers of the day. So let's start with our drivers of the day. Uh, I'm going to go first today because I can. Um, I wonder who yours is going to be. <laughs> and mine is Sir, uh, a.k.a. The Goat, oh. uh, a.k.a. Lewis Hamilton. And argue with that all you want. And my race rating was a 10 out of 10. Uh, Abby, you, you're next. My driver of the day is also Lewis for the amazing drive that he performed. And my race rating is 10 out of 10. Dan, the Bottas fan, it is your last show with us. Oh, how it breaks my heart. But um, who is your driver of the day? I mean, you can't... This is history breaking here. We've never agreed, but you can't say anyone else except Lewis, can you? Yes! There is no one else that deserves driver of the day. It's Dan's last podcast, and he said Lewis. There's no one else that deserves driver of the day, and I'm still sticking to a 9 out of 10 on my race rating. Uh, Do you know, just because it's your last show, I really wanted it to be Bottas. I wanted Bottas to win today. Um, you think you wanted Bottas to win today? <laughs> no, do you know what? Bottas has got his one win that I wanted him to get this season. He's got it in Turkey. If he can help Lewis Hamilton win the title, I will be happy with that at this point. Because, you know, Bottas is moving on to something new. Lewis is going to need all the help he can get to win this title. I like Lewis Hamilton, so if Bottas can help Lewis win the title, I'll be happy. And he'll need Bottas to help him win the title. He, well, potentially. Um, Dan, it's been a p- pure pleasure working with you, my friend. And um, believe it or not, actually, some people are still going to defend Bottas in your absence on our team. I was I was amazed when you said you were leaving. I said, Dan's only leaving because uh, Bottas is going to Alfa Romeo. And um, actually, some of our team stood up and said, no, we'll, we'll defend Bottas. Um, I wasn't one of them. No. Um, no. But uh, you can come back anytime. And I think we discussed offline, um, if Bottas gets a top five result, you're going to come back on the show, is that right? Uh, well, see, this is what this is interesting because it depends what car Alfa produce next year. So assuming they produce a pretty standard car, Bottas's first top five finish, I will come back and cheer about Valtteri Bottas. That might be the first race of the season, for all we know. Like, Alfa <laughs> might produce a stormer. I can hope. <laughs> Yeah, so if oh. Alpha producer Stormer, Dan will be back in the Formula Nerds. <laughs> well, no, I, no, sad, sadly, sadly not. But I will be back on the podcast to defend Bottas at his first significant result, whether that's top five podium or win. Well, basically, you'll be back to celebrate his result because there'll be no defending yes. it because he will have done well, right? Well, there will, because you always find something. <laughs> and, and on that note, Callum's not here, but he will be listening to this. I made a bet with Callum at the start of the season. Callum's not here, but I'm going to say anyway, just so our listeners are 100% clear. Callum doubts Valtteri Bottas every single week. And he said to me at the start of the season, Bottas isn't going to finish in the top five. And I said, yes, he is. So we made a little bet. If Bottas finishes in the top five in the championship this season, which he is going to, unless something goes very, very wrong, Callum has to buy and wear a Valtteri Bottas t-shirt for five podcasts post-season. Five, that was the bet. Five post-season podcasts. If Bottas finished sixth or lower, I had to buy and wear a Max T-shirt. I'm not going to be here to do that, but I'm not going to need to do that because Bottas is finishing in the top five and I cannot wait for Callum to be wearing a Bottas T-shirt. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) If he does In fact, can I come back for that one? Because I want to see that. 
You can At least sit- let me on the Zoom call before yeah. you start recording. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. If that happens, I'll be uh, genuinely surprised. That's it better. Like, we made that's like, bet. That's like me wearing a um, Ferrari T-shirt. Not going to happen. Well, if he's a man of his word, it will happen. Okay. All right. Well, don't forget to remind him. Um, I won't. Don't worry. That's all we have got time for today. But again, thank you, Dan. It's been a pleasure working with you. Loved it. Uh, Abby, thank you very much for joining the show. There's going to be more of you coming up soon, isn't there? I hope so. Good stuff. And uh, we will be back next week with the... God, which race is it next week? It's Qatar. The Qatar Grand Prix Review. I'm really looking forward to that because we don't know what's in store. So, Final word on the Cut to the Race podcast. Just want to say that Bottas is a legend and I will still be loving him every week, even though I'm not here. Thanks. And even though he's at Alpha. <laughs> yes, I will still love him every single week and I will root for him and all the listeners know that whenever Bottas does well in the race, I will be at home celebrating. Uh, Dan, where can they follow you on Twitter if they ever want to keep in contact with you? If you want to follow what, what is turning into a Bottas fan page on Twitter, um, <laughs> at Dan underscore Palmer 17 is where, is where I do the tweeting. Why is it not and 77? You fake. Because I don't... That's 17 to my number. <laughs> oh, <laughs> It's oh. not actually a Bottas fan page. <laughs> it's just I tweet a lot about Bottas. <laughs> not actually a fan page for Valtteri Bottas. Right. But that's where I'll be, and I will be there all of next season. We're going now, I promise. This is the end. We are leaving. Um, we will see you next week. Peace out. Podcast Network.